0: Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So today I decided to mix things up a little bit. I know that we're in the middle of the story of Moses as far as the chronological telling of the stories go, and I might have left you with a cliffhanger as far as what's going to happen to Moses next as he goes and sees the Pharaoh and everything, and Maybe you feel like a TV show where they're like, you're not sure they're they're in limbo and like, like, did it get canceled? Is it going to come back? Whatever, right? We're leaving on that cliffhanger. Uh, I promise we're going to come back to it. It's, it's going to happen. And I actually was going to do it tonight. When I woke up this morning, that was my plan tonight for what episode I was going to record and that was absolutely going to be the thing as i was looking at the calendar and planning out my next like week and a half as far as uh, social interactions go and 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 obligations and whatnot i realized and i don't know how i didn't realize this before shame on me but i realized that this sunday is actually saint patrick's day and it's one of the few times that it falls on a sunday you know because it rotates or whatever all around so it's not going to happen again for another what like five years or something counting for leap days or leap years whatever but saint patrick's day is this sunday so i felt remiss if i wasn't talking about saint patrick's day somewhat so that's what today is going to be about. That's what we're going to do. It's not a Bible story per se, but I felt like it fell under the purview of the show since, you know, St. Patrick himself was, of course, a saint, a a bishop, and eventually a Christian missionary to Ireland. So there's a Bible connection there, right? And of course, because, you know, St. Patrick's Day, the, the holiday, especially here in America, has become synonymous with getting shitfaced <laughs> drunk. Uh, both of those things together just you know pretty much make it apropos for this show here. Getting biblical. Uh, that's what we're that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, old Saint Patrick and and the legends. <laughs> but before we start talking about the man himself, let's talk about what I'm drinking today. So for today's drink I obviously wanted to tie in the the booze with the subject matter which in the past episodes past you know 20 plus whatever shows we've done I've had some trouble connecting the bible story to the booze right to, to connect those two things together this time I almost have the opposite problem because with St. Patrick's Day and everything, the the luck of the Irish and all that, uh, I've got so many options to choose from between all the different Irish whiskeys that are out there that, that I love <laughs> and all the different Irish beers like Guinness, which not pandering is in my top like five favorite beers ever. Magners a cider even if we're not even talking about beer talking about cider then of course not a huge fan but the the cream the the liqueurs that they have other like that the Baileys of the world that type of thing so the Irish are killing it in the booze industry and and their offerings and there's so much to choose from so many things that I could do for today's episode so before I do any of that I want to take a big step back and let's talk real quick uh, we need some education in this up and up in this piece. So we need we need to talk about something real quick that I want to make sure we're all on the same page with. I want to talk about the popular American drink, the Irish Car Bomb. So, for those that somehow don't know, the drink known as an Irish Car Bomb is a drink where you take a shot glass, generally about. Uh, half of it is Irish cream liqueur, like Bailey's. And half of it is an Irish whiskey, let's say Jameson. And both of those you put into a single shot glass. And then you take another full glass of, uh, you know, gla- full-sized glass <laughs> for beer. Fill it up about three-quarters of the way full with with an Irish beer. Probably Guinness most of the time, like 99% of the time. And you so you take this shot of cream and whiskey, and you pluck it down you drop it into the beer and it like and of course it makes a mess and it foams and it like shoots up and everything and then you you down the whole thing and that's that's the irish car bomb and it is extremely tasty in my opinion those are all the things well actually the the cream liqueur i don't super love but it actually adds a really nice element to the whole thing so i as far as a drink goes and a combination of things I really enjoy the taste of these <laughs> of this drink. Now, however tasty it might be, I feel it's my obligation on this quasi little bit tiny bit educational show to inform you, the listener, of how inherently offensive <laughs> this drink is. I would highly recommend that under no circumstances should you ever find yourself in Ireland do you ever order an irish car bomb like do not do that i mean it's it's, these are terrorist attacks car bombs that happened you know like not they're not a fun jovial thing to talk about right it is not okay there's a there's a guy that i followed and and dare i say have been inspired by for well over a decade and and he's everything i've ever wanted to be in terms of drinking and and telling stories Uh, His name is Dan Dunn. And if you're not familiar, when I first started following him, he was a writer, a journalist, if you will, for Playboy magazine, uh, where he was referred to as the imbiber. And he would, of course, write articles about drinking and about traveling and stories and all this stuff. And he's also published a few books, which I have read. Uh, His first titled, Nobody Likes a Quitter and Other Reasons to Avoid Rehab. And in his second book, Living Loaded, and afterwards he moved on and and did some work with the guys from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And then he had another book about wine and all this kind of stuff. So he's, he's, he's a prolific writer and he's done a bunch of stuff. Anyway, so in his book, Living Loaded, the second one, that's what originally opened my eyes to how offensive the Irish car bomb is. And in the book, he, he you know he talks about a story about being in Ireland and being there with some guy that doesn't know any better, and them, them almost getting you know their shit pushed in, or you know like getting, getting their asses beat because it's not an okay thing to, to bring up, uh, right? It's highly offensive, but he likens it to I don't remember exactly what he used it's the same uh, my version i guess is if you took a half a shot of moonshine and a half a shot of like jack daniels uh you know tennessee whiskey or or bourbon or something like that and then you drop them in the most american beer you can think of whether it's if you're on the east coast here it's a yingling or or maybe a sam adams or coors light or whatever you think about i don't know whatever but but you take those very three different quintessential american beverages and mix them all together and splash them down into each other just like the car bomb and 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 if we were to have that drink and then call it a 9-11 right a september 11th type thing that's kind of what we're doing with irish car bombs and it's and it's Dan's bit from his book. and I'm not trying to steal it or anything like that. Go buy his book, go read his book. Not trying to steal anything from him. But that's how I got how I got educated thing. And not that I was like going out every night and ordering a round for the whole bar of Irish car bombs. I hadn't had a bunch of them, but it was very. Educational to get that perspective on it. So, and, and real quick, also while I'm talking about Dan Dunn, uh, I've been actually wanted to talk about him for a while on the show just because I am a fan of his. Got to throw it out there PSA. If you like podcasts about drinking, I highly recommend his Drinky Fun Time podcast. It's pretty amazing. It's available from the uh, Dan Harmon Associated uh, Starburns audio. Since I'm just name dropping creative people that I look up to, I feel like it's worth mentioning, but uh <laughs> Drinky Fun Time, it's a great podcast, it's super educational, super fun, and everything else that Dan does. So, if you if you're bored or whatever, you want to check him out. Felt like felt like sharing, felt like throwing that out there. So, after all that, we're not doing an Irish car bomb tonight. I am, however, drinking some Irish whiskey, of course, for St. Patrick's Day. And so today, while I was in the liquor store during my lunch break at work, my immediate thought was to grab a bottle of Jameson, right? The, almost the baseline, like the most famous kind of like, you know, Irish whiskey that's out there. And and Jameson, you know, Jameson is one of those brands that's almost eponymous with Irish whiskey, right? And I picked up a bottle of Jameson Caskmate. Now the the Caskmates line, uh, they have two different offerings is the premise of taking their used barrels that they use for aging whiskey and loaning them, almost like a like a hand-me-down barrel or whatever to, to your younger sibling, uh, to a, that they loan their barrels to a craft brewery friend of theirs, and that beer company ages their beer in these whiskey barrels. And then when they're done, when they do their thing, they give the barrel back to Jameson. And then Jameson then puts Jameson whiskey back inside the barrel and it soaks up the little wee bits of of beer and everything that had been sitting in there for a couple months or however long they, they keep them for so there's all all these layers to it right you know it's just you know like oh like we're going to use it we're going to do it you're going to take it you're going to borrow it you're going to put beer in it you're going to take the beer back out of it you're going to give it back to us and then we're going to we're going to put more whiskey into it and we're going to soak those flavors back out of it and it's it's super neat it's super cool and doing this process they've released two different versions one uh which saw the barrel that we just talked about the hand-me-down barrel that house an ipa and the other for a stout and today I am drinking the Jameson Caskmates Stout Edition. Uh, the IPA is also great; it's super good. In fact, I think that it's actually a little bit more different, if you will, a little more diverse than what this one is. But I'm a stout guy; I love stouts, porters, that type of thing, <laughs> and, and and it is great. Uh, it's so it's so neat. It's not it's not vastly different than regular Jameson, to be honest. I really was expecting a little bit more, a little bit more of like like a punch or a little more of a a difference in there. Very similar to just regular Jameson, which I love and just a little bit more, it's a little bit smoother, if if that makes sense, but I, I don't even mean that, like, as far as, like, the alcohol content or percentage or whatever, the texture, even, almost, of the of the whiskey itself feels like it's a little bit different, um, maybe that's in my head, I don't know, but it just, it feels like a different, slightly different texture, but I really like it, I mean, absolutely no regrets, I'm a soup, like, I don't know, I, I'm into it, I can taste the different, I can taste the hints of uh, darker notes or whatever, you know, the coffee and all that kind of stuff, and Of course, it's not hoppy or anything crazy like that or whatever. It's just just the same old Jameson that I've always loved. Big fan, super into it. So let's go ahead and I'm going to pour myself another drink real quick. And that's what I'm drinking today. So so let's get back to the story of St. Patrick. So it's interesting to me that St. Patrick is the namesake for this holiday that has kind of devolved into a celebration of just everything irish like right Uh, they i mean the luck of the irish right four-leaf clovers all this kind of stuff green wearing it wearing green everywhere doing everything and it just is that's what it's become especially here in the states and particularly it's interesting to me because saint patrick was not even irish like he, he wasn't he wasn't even that um he was actually probably british there's a couple reports that I was reading that that thought he might be might have been Scottish originally, but most of the stuff said it was British, so we'll go with that. And also, his name wasn't Patrick. <laughs> uh, Patrick is actually derived from a Latin phrase that basically means father figure, uh, which would make sense as he was a missionary to Ireland and basically single-handedly started the Christian movement there, which has lasted till today and uh you know so a big a big thing he was clearly a father figure to a lot of people so he adopted this name patrick but the story of of saint patrick at the age of 16 uh irish raiders descended upon his village and kidnapped him along with thousands of other people they captured them all and took them back to ireland where they were sold as slaves and for six years, he was uh, a herdsman, right? Worked with sheep or whatever, working for his pagan Irish master. And during this time of just like being a slave and and not liking it at all, he he turned inward to his own faith. And I think he says in his bio I think it was in his autobiography, which he had, which is amazing how like he the, the fact that he has an autobiography has two little he has two things that he wrote and they've survived over time Uh, absolutely fascinating I think it was in his autobiography that he, he wrote that it's not very long if you want to check it out i believe it was in there that he wrote that every day he would he would say a hundred prayers and every night as just as many uh and legend has it that one night he had a dream that a boat was there ready to take him back home and he followed the directions uh, that he that he saw in the dream which led him to the boat and which led him back home and on, on his journey back to freedom and 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 that journey wasn't a hundred percent uh smooth sailing but We'll skip that part, and and he got he gets back he gets back to Britain, and he dedicates his life to God, and I guess becomes a cleric and a bishop. So just to set the stage, at this time of history, the Irish were mostly pagan and polytheistic, meaning that they believed in many different gods, whereas Christianity. Jewish and Islam faiths are all monotheistic, right? They they've believe in one true God. So pagans are polytheistic, a bunch of different gods out there that you have to worship and do stuff for. And I'm not sure if it was some sort of weird, like Stockholm syndrome or what, but St. Patrick, as his life and ministry continues, starts feeling this this massive calling to return to Ireland, the home of his captors. And the story goes that he would see visions and he says literally hear the people of Ireland in a unified voice calling to him and, and asking them, asking him to come back and all this type of stuff. So uh, at the age of about 40 years old, I think, or so, he, he goes back. He goes back to Ireland to be a missionary to the pagans that he had left there. Now, for the story about driving out the snakes, that's a fun story. So the, mo- the most popular legend goes that he was in Ireland and was on top of a hill and was trying to connect with God and was doing a 40-day-long fast, right? Uh, fasting and praying. Uh, I don't know if it was a full-on no-food-no-drink or just a no-food fast or whatever, but, but during this 40 days of no eating, allegedly snakes kept bothering him. I don't know if they just kept up trying to bite him, uh, if they could see that he wasn't eating and thought he was dying and thought he was an easy meal. But, but uh, supposedly snakes kept bothering him. And after a few weeks of you know, not eating anything or whatever, he was probably particularly uh, irritable. So he decided to banish all the snakes from Ireland. And one story that I read states that he crafted a large drum made of snakeskin, skin and he started beating it loudly as he could, you know, boom 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 and 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 the nearby irish people heard the loud drum banging but fortunately they had the ability to cover their ears from their no- from the noise with their hands right you take your hands you cover cover up your ears and the noise isn't so so bad but snakes snakes don't have hands so they couldn't cover their ears and all they could do was run away from the sound the sound was that bad <laughs> and and or, or I guess not run away, slither away. I suppose if we're if we're worrying about semantics, the, the slithering away, and to which he chased them, chased after them with his drum. You know, bong bong bong, like banging, You know, and and they just kept running away from the sound of the drum, which led all the snakes into the sea, where I guess they drowned or something or whatever, and which is uh, allegedly why Ireland has no snakes to this very day. Thank you saint patrick for all your hard work and and ridding the snakes off of ireland it's a fun story it's a cute story based on science we kind of know that uh, logistically speaking snakes weren't ever indigenous to ireland and there's not any evidence that there ever were snakes there to begin with because it's an island right uh also hawaii iceland new zealand greenland antarctica don't really have snakes either, right? It's not, it's not a thing that they have to worry about. So, you know, and, and none of those places can thank their lack of snakes to St. Patrick. So he might be getting a little more credit than what he is due. Sorry to break it to you. However, I, I think this, I think the story is interesting. If we try to put a lens of truth to it, it is possible that the snakes from the story were either accidentally or purposefully mistranslated over the years and what I mean by that is that the snakes represent paganism or possibly idols or something like that you know as we all know snakes in Christianity ever since the Garden of Eden are often symbolic of like quote-unquote evil things so it could be a very general statement he drove the evilness out of Ireland right There's also some evidence that the most popular and widespread uh, druids of Ireland, the druid clans or whatever, at that time used a symbol or their flag or whatever. Uh, The thing that represented them as a culture, as a population, these druids, they used a snake for their symbol. So he may have literally driven the druid, quote-unquote, snake people out of Ireland or figuratively drove the druid religion out right so all, all these possible things to to make sense of this story and, and i don't know i don't know which one's actually true or whatever uh but it's it's a cute story all the same and I'll, I'll take it for what it is so so that's addressing the the story of the snakes but there's a lot of other stories about saint patrick as well and i'm not going to tell you uh, what to believe as far as what you think is true and what's just lore and all that kind of stuff but imagine this setting it's sometime in the early 400s. So it's just a few hundred years since Jesus and his disciples were performing miracles and casting out demons and doing all kinds of things, uh, you know, coming back from the dead, all you know, everything that Jesus did, right? We're just a few hundred years after that. It, it's not a long time. It's very close as far as things go, right? So it's interesting to me. And now here comes St. Patrick in Ireland trying to christianize these pagan people so as you can imagine the current status quo of the time the prevailing beliefs of the culture didn't all super love this guy coming and telling them stuff about you know some dude named jesus right so he gets into some fights Often and not like literal like brawls, but you know like like butting heads and getting into issues or whatever with the the local governments and the local culture people you know whoever's the leaders of these groups and and these are some of the neat stories and there's quite a few of these stories. there's a bunch of them out there all, all over the place uh, and you can research them and whatever but I'm gonna try to give you a quick like main arc as to what I found and what I at, what I saw. So in, in the story, the version that I call, you know st patrick versus the druids and so there's, just, there's just a story of a druid festival that was about to happen and the law of the land was that you weren't allowed to light a fire anywhere until the official druid fire lighting ceremony had begun or something like that what was that nicholas cage movie wicker man wicker man so no not the bees if you haven't seen that movie if you haven't seen that movie like i mean do or don't whatever i'm not gonna tell you what to do it's not a great movie but it is the most nick cagey movie that ever nick caged ever like it is the quintessential nick cage movie wicker man anyways (laughs) the the big the climax of the movie the big part spoilers i guess for this nick nicholas cage movie is that uh they had this big like i don't even know how tall how how high would you say like they're like 30, 50 feet. I don't know, like a a very tall, like skyscraper type man-made guy out of wicker, out of out of out of old twigs and things and whatever was there. And, and in the movie, the whole big thing is they end up like burning it up for for a demon or for a god or something like that or whatever. But I just imagine that as like what the druids were doing, right? It was Nicholas Cage there with the druids, and and they're at the burn up wicker man to do their festival. And wouldn't you believe it? They look up, and some other asshole on the other, on another hill nearby, also lit up a fire. Not as big, but he lights up another fire, totally stealing the. Proverbial thunder from their wicker man that they were about to light up, and they're all like, you know, like the druids, you know, rightfully so, I guess. Like, you know, like, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> who's doing this? So they go check it out, and of course, it's Saint Patrick just hanging out with his followers or whatever and talking about Easter or some shit. And and the druids come in, like, what are you doing, man? Like, what? Like, don't you know it's like wicker man festival season and. <laughs> If we don't light the wicker man first, then legend says that your fire will consume all of Ireland, and it will never go out and burn everything up, and, you know, stop being a douchebag. Put out your fire right now, please. (laughs) And St. Patrick's like, like, nah, dog, Uh, but have you heard about Jesus? Like, Jesus is the real wicker man. I don't... (laughs) i don't know why i just said that like whatever that means Uh, but have you heard about jesus let me tell you and they weren't having it they were not about it so this guy droku he's the head of the druids or whatever and just happens to sound a lot like uh jason momoa's character in game of thrones right the dothraki uh whatever so droku the head druid he starts making fun of patrick and his christian beliefs like and patrick's not having it and patrick prays loudly to God right there in front of everyone that Droku should be punished for his insolence, right? Like how dare this guy speak against God and then right there in front of the whole group, immediate immediately the instant gratification of Patrick's prayer, right there in front of everybody, Droku is lifted high up into the air and then slammed back down on earth. Just, you know, and then body slammed back into the ground 100 points of damage easy like and everybody there's like oh shit like that was crazy it's crazy right and then but then after seeing it the rest of the druids were gonna bum rush patrick and his followers and everything so patrick quickly prays for like a like defense against these attackers and for you know for his people and everything and and upon praying for it a a big thick heavy dark foggy whatever cloud and a, and a tornado <laughs> descend upon on that spot and it, and it and all the people had to scatter and, and 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 it created a barrier like a darkness a cloak covering for Patrick and his people and everybody and they were all saved because of this dark cloud covering then some time went on and whatever and because of all this uh, the king of the region, not Droku or whatever, Droku was just a Druid guy, but the king of Ireland or whatever I guess, invited Patrick to come talk to, you know, he's like, hey, why don't you come tell me more about this Jesus stuff thing, whatever. Uh, you know, come come, give me the 411. But it was a trick, and assassins were lined up on the road, and they were waiting for Patrick and his group of Christians to walk through, and they were gonna murder all of them. Like, everyone's getting murked. Like, the, you know, the king king was king was sneaky uh, however just like frodo baggins patrick and his people apparently allegedly were invisible to the assassins and they walked through unscathed and then on easter sunday or whatever there was a pagan festival happening and then patrick and his followers and everybody went into the festival and apparently just started because at this time i guess now they're like We're tired of your shit. We're on the offensive. Like, no more, like, trying to assassinate us and and us getting lucky with invisibility. We're going to ramp up our God-given superpowers. And they go into this festival, and they just start walking through locked doors, right? They just start, like, I guess... I don't know if they were, like, Martian Manhunter or, like, Kitty Pryde, like, whatever. Like, just, like, walking through, like, ghosting through walls. Or if they were just teleporting into rooms or whatever. I guess they were just walking through walls. Anyway... They didn't give a fuck about walls. And so they're walking through these locked locked wall locked doors, through these walls, whatever, and they just start preaching to people, which Okay. Side note, you know, people make jokes about Jehovah's Witnesses being annoying and and them, you know, Saturday morning like knocking on doors and stuff. Imagine if they could teleport inside your home. Like it's ten a.m. Saturday morning, you're in your underwear, binge watching Orange Is the New Black, and all of a sudden, someone is there handing you a Watchtower magazine. Like just let's be grateful for. A- <laughs> What we got, <laughs> I like just it's much easier to not answer the door than have people just teleporting into your living room while you're watching TV. So that, and that's what these people were dealing with with Patrick and his group. So I can imagine why they didn't love them because you know it's annoying. But so they're walking through, they're 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 teleporting into these camps. And uh, the pagan king is, uh, he has enough of it, he's like, This is the last time you've seen me in my underwear watching Netflix. Uh, the pagan king invites him to sit and have a drink with him. But the druid leader, another guy, not the other guy that I was talking about, but a new guy, uh, Lucat Male. I think it's Lucat. Lucat Male? I don't know. It's L-U-C-A-T-M-A-E-L. dash um, M-A-E-L. I'm gonna call him Lucat. 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 That sounds cool. It sounds like a, a Klingon. A Lucat. Um, okay. So this druid leader Lucat had secretly poisoned the drink for Saint Patrick. So Patrick, he and this, uh, oh, this is amazing. So he makes a cross with his finger over the top of the drink, like does an incantation with the symbol of the cross. You know, like one swipe down, let one swipe over, like right, like you're on Tinder, like 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 show me your pictures, and nope, hard pass. And so he makes this this cross with his finger over the top of the drink, and the drink freezes solid, except for the poison which remained in liquid form on top of the drink and he was able to just pour the poison out of his drink onto the floor and then when he pulled his cup back he redid the cross incantation thing on top of the glass and his his liquid in the glass his beverage unfroze and then he could drink it and he drank it with a smug look on his face I'm sure <laughs> like you're got to try a lot harder than that uh, Luchat like whatever I don't know whatever his name was and like I got just, real quick I wish that they would teach that in Sunday school like that could come in very handy at the beach right just being at the beach and like who wants a slushy and like you just start putting like crosses on you know your Capri Suns or whatever <laughs> start freezing them all like uh, or booze, whatever. Like, yeah, who wants a margarita? You know, just throw crosses and everything. Uh, it's probably why they don't teach at Sunday school. Like, <laughs> I would, I would abuse it. So okay, so then sometime later, the same druid leader, you know, Luchat, uh, em- embarrassed by the whole frozen drink margarita fiasco thing, uh, he wants to have a magic power off with Saint Patrick. And he invites him up to a hill in front of everyone, and he does some magic or whatever, and he makes the hill get covered in snow. <laughs> and then Patrick, like, slow claps or whatever, and is like, That's cool. Now make it disappear. And Lukat is like, uh, No, that's not how any of this works. I can't make it disappear until tomorrow everybody knows that that's like the first rule of magic things and and saint patrick is like ha you suck (laughs) your magic is only useful for evil but not for good you can bring snow but you can't get rid of it and this is not the deal with me and he stretches out his arms and makes another like with his with his hands out whatever makes another cross in the air like like so like like very doctor strange right makes a cross in the air and all the snow disappears and everyone is astonished and then the next day uh, or later on whatever lukat is like okay who cares about snow no one cares about snow like snow's lame how about this and the druid guy summons total darkness all around everyone and again in the darkness patrick is like that's pretty cool man but uh how about you make the darkness go away to which, of course, he can't, you know, Lukat. he's like, come on, man, like, oh, stop, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, that's how it goes. And Patrick says a prayer real quick. God hears the prayer and whoosh, the darkness goes away. And then it's, it's sunny out again. And and everyone there like starts to like cheer a little bit and they start to believe in Christianity. And then just to settle the debate, St. Patrick offers a third and final challenge to Lukács and here's where it gets really wicker man i think but saint saint patrick gives his cloak to Lukat, and they build a hut of freshly cut wood and then patrick's apprentice was given Lukat's coat and then they take old dried out wood like the stuff that's really good at burning up they put they give up make another hut for that for patrick's apprentice so two guys two different huts and they swapped cloak the idea was that they'd both they burn both huts to the ground and basically see who lives and see how it plays out and whoever was aligned to the religion or the god that was stronger that person would live and everybody agreed because it was a crazy time to be alive back then. And they're like, this sounds like a perfect way to end a theological feud that we have going on. (laughs) So they set it all up and they switch the codes and they get in their huts and everything and they light things on fire. And the Druid's hut the the new green still shrubbery the green trees that they just cut that if you've ever lit in a bonfire with freshly cut trees they do not burn the druid's hut burst into flames and the hut is engulfed in fire and the druid is burned alive and he is dead <laughs> however throughout that whole mess saint patrick's cloak which the druid was wearing was found underneath the ashes unharmed unsinged and overall just undamaged right maybe it smelt a little bit we're not sure but it was not burned the apprentice's hut apparently did not burn up the apprentice was not harmed in any way but somehow lucat the druid's cloak that the apprentice was wearing had turned to ash around his neck or whatever around around his shoulders uh crazy and this led to the King of Ireland, although he didn't actually want to convert to Christianity, he did give St. Patrick a, a total free pass to travel through Ireland and preach whatever he wanted without fear of retribution or being put in jail or anything or whatever, or beheadings or whatever they might have done back then, which paved the way for Christianity to take over Ireland, which has lasted pretty much to this day. And there's other records, uh, some crazy stuff. Uh, It says that he even raised people from the dead. And and not like one person that could just be a misdiagnosed uh, coma patient or something. But by one account I read said that it was like 33 people that he raised from the dead. Like, 33 people brought back to life from the dead. And there's other reports that they weren't all just, like, recently dead people. Like, some people, like, he, like, caught them up from their graves. And they, like, totally zombie, like, bird, like, you know, clawed, them with, clawed their way back out or whatever. Like, crazy stuff. You know, St. Patrick, man. Like, crazy dude. Getting rid of snakes. Having magic battles with druids. Making zombies all over the place. Like Like, no wonder he has his own holiday. Am I right? So... And there's so many more stories out there of him. I I encourage you to read them. Look into them if you have any interest. They're pretty neat. Uh, I know this might be kind of on the fringe of what this show is supposed to be about, but I thought it was way too interesting not to share. And it's my show. I get to talk about what I want. So (laughs) anyway, as always, thank you for listening. If you would, please find us on Facebook. Uh, We're available. You can either search or just go on facebook.com slash gettingbiblical. And like us on that page, please. We want to do more stuff on that page and we want a community on there. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And outside of that, though, I uh, hope you enjoyed today's show. Hope you have a fantastic week. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Cheers.